missed his chances. Oh, brilliant goal! A brilliant goal! Remember the name, Wayne Rooney. Pirlo, 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 ancora, Pirlo, di tacco, tiro, What's going on, footy fans? Andrew, Santo, and Joe. We are here. We're on camera. Yeah. A little different setup for us. But I thought, hey, you know what? It's the last episode of the EPL season. It's going to be our 2022 year in review episode. Let's make it a little more high production value. Yeah, that's what we're trying. <laughs> production value. With Get the cameras if on. If anyone can see what's going on. Hey, it doesn't matter what's going on behind the camera. It doesn't matter what's on the camera. We're here at Coming At You. Uh, episode, yeah. I don't even know, 32, 33 maybe, whatever it is. It's our last one of the Premier League season. Maybe we'll do more the you know this upcoming summer. Yeah, we'll see. Anything big happens, maybe we can do like a Champions League review. Yeah. From the match on Saturday. Maybe we'll get that uh, out to you guys. At some point, um, yeah, but yeah, this is our to talk about there. Our last show, yeah. Uh, After a very exciting season, yeah. So at least, <laughs> might as well just jump right into it. Yeah, yeah. Man City are your 2022 Premier League champions. Back to back for them. You guys are obviously very happy by that result. <laughs> I'll say that. Keep having this discussion. We're not City fans, and I think I, the other day I figured out why I want City to do well. Because I want, I don't want any reason for Pep or even Klopp to want to leave or to get sacked, which probably would never happen like anytime soon. But I don't, I didn't want Pep to like not win a trophy this year. And then there's question marks around his contract, which is ending, which was ending in 2023. But I think now uh, it's looking like a contract extension is coming till 2025. That would make sense. So I just want I want Pep in the Premier League for as long as possible with Klopp because I just love this rivalry going on. So I don't didn't want anything to like shadow that, you know. So well, I know why. we I know we talked about it a few episodes ago. If yeah, do you honestly think if he didn't win anything this year, his time at City would be done? I don't know, because I think what like I said, twenty twenty three is when his contract was up. So after next season, yeah. I'm not obviously I I don't know for sure, but it could have been a question mark of you know him saying you know maybe my time is done here. I would say it's it would have been more of that than him getting fired because like you know what other manager are you going to go out and get that's going to be this competitive in the Premier League and this I know he hasn't won the Champions League yet but he's reached what the final the semi final it's going to be tough to find someone that's going to get you that close consistently as, as Pep. So you know I'm not sure. But I'm just happy he won something and that he's more than likely going to be staying for a little bit longer, um, especially with Haaland coming. Um, so, yeah, that's that's why I think I'm a City fan. Not a City fan. Yeah. Not a City fan <laughs> because of City, but just wanting 
you know, city to be as good as possible. And it's, I don't want it to turn into a United or something where they get rid of Pep and they spend like who knows how long trying to find a manager. That's going to, we want to find a manager that's going to win the Premier League almost every season and win the Champions League every season because Pep's only winning the, the Premier League four out of five seasons and only getting to the finals of the Champions League, which who else are you going to find that's going to be as good as him? Yeah, I mean, winning the Premier League, you said at least Pep won something. He won the Premier League. Yeah. It's not like he won the Carabao Cup, and that's yeah. the only trophy they won. They won, you know, the most coveted thing you can win domestically in Europe, I would think. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Like, obviously, like, Serie A titles are big. Bundesliga is big. But if you're the EPL champion, that's, like, the most, like, worldwide recognition you get for winning a domestic title. And then next would be Champions League. Yeah. Um, it was it was actually interesting what he said in, uh, in his press conference where he... Uh, they were. He was talking about just the trophies he's won. He said he's not saying that the Premier League is bigger than Champions League, but the Premier League is the most honest. Where you're, it's 38 games, you're winning the Premier League because you're the best team in the league. It's not like Champions League, you know, where you can go on a run and it's just you know two legs and you go to the final and it's one game and then you win. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you have to show up on that day, but it can be a situation where maybe you know the best team on paper doesn't win, or maybe what you'd call the best team who deserve to win, you know, doesn't win. But Premier League, you're going to finish top of the table after 38 games because you deserve to. It doesn't, even when Leicester won, like we were talking about, it doesn't just happen by luck. You don't get lucky 38 games <laughs> across a year, right? Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, you have to be good to win. It's, yeah. yeah, it's way more than just luck-based winning the Premier League title. Winning any title mm-hmm. domestically, Yeah, um, for sure. You're, you must be a deserved winner. Liverpool, I think, this year could have been deserved winners. I mean, mm-hmm. we touched on it before a couple episodes ago, I think, or even last episode. They didn't do anything wrong this season. No. They didn't go on any like streaks where they were, you know, the like one of the worst teams in the league or they are on a streak of they lost like five games in a row and they're in a slump. They were literally like neck and neck with City the entire way. Yeah. And it almost came down to, you know, Man or Man City picking up a win this weekend, but Liverpool picked up a draw. Yeah, that's just, mm-hmm. that's as, that's what it came down to. That's how close this season was. We've seen closer seasons in the past. We've seen teams that are not even in first place overcome Man City basically mm-hmm. and win the title on the last day. Uh, this weekend, Man City were top of the table going into the final match. They remained there after match day thirty-eight. Very eventful, very <laughs> dramatic again. Very uh, way to win the title. I mean, if you would have told me in the sixtieth minute that. Uh, or 70th minute, sorry, that Man City is going to come back and win this game and steal it from Liverpool. I would have been, that would have said you're crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I, like many others, I had both games on at the same time. Were you guys able to watch the game? You you didn't watch it real time, did you? Oh, or you, I thought, game? Yeah, yeah. I thought you guys had some prior commitment going on. We did not. What happened? I thought you had like your, the, the confirmation going on. Yeah. So we, we were watching the game and then we were like watching it and then like, shut it off and then like rushed okay. <laughs> so you had to f- you finish it still like, yeah, yeah we still finished, finished it okay good um yeah i mean like i said we won't, we won't go through every single detail but for man city to go down two nil like they did to Aston villa for liverpool to pull ahead when they did we had fans on either side of the pitch either side of the country cheering or booing mm-hmm. whatever minute mm-hmm. you're looking at um some phantom uh you know rumors going on during liverpool match as well and yeah. trying to get liverpool yeah. supporters uh, get them a little too excited when actually nothing happened. It was a crazy, hectic weekend uh, at both ends of the table. But 
the big story. Yes, City pulling through, scoring three goals in a five-minute time period or six-minute time period. Mm-hmm. Gundawan coming in, being the hero for City, a la you know, Sergio Aguero from 2011. 2012, 2011? Uh, 2012. 2012. Um De Bruyne, again, showing up and being proving why he was the PFA Player of the Year. Mm-hmm. Uh, second year in a row, I believe, for him. City was a deserving title winner this season. Don't get me wrong. Would I prefer Liverpool? Yes, I think so. Yeah. But I can't I can't chirp. Mm-hmm. I, I can't say that they didn't deserve the title. I can't yeah. say that Yeah. going into the game on Sunday. they they I thought they were going to handily win against Villa. Villa put up a huge fight. Um, they took it to Man City. They played a hell of a match. Nice goals too. That's uh, Villa scored. Coutinho and Matty Cash getting the two goals for them. And I mean, yeah, I, it was another time that we saw Man City face adversity, and we've seen them face adversity before, whether it be Champions League or even matches that took place in the season, and they weren't able to bounce back from it. Yeah, they took it back right now. They took it and said, "This is our title to win, our title to lose." And uh, I mean, they came on and did what they had to do. Yeah. Yeah, Le- left mean, it late, but yeah, and that was the thing. They got it done. Pep is getting a lot of credit for the subs he made. Um, like how? With, I'm sorry, but like the subs he made, like you, yeah, like how can you screw up substitutions? I know when your city is really hard to make. When it's like a like for like world class <laughs> player for each other. Yeah, I mean, like Zinchenko obviously heavily involved in their uh, second goal, and then Sterling to assist Gundogan, both obviously subs, and then Gundogan to get the winner at the end. Um, so I'm pretty sure he's gonna win that award that I haven't seen before, where it's uh, game-changing performance by a player. I've only seen it this year, but he's probably yeah. going to win that because I can't think of yeah. any more of an impact. Just coming on in a situation. It, yeah. Winning the title, basically. Is that a word for like a single moment of the season kind of thing? Or I think it, it was just a player. Castrol is the sponsor, and it was just like a player impact of uh, of like player impacting the game. Uh, I don't know if it's gonna. Yeah, you have all. Yeah, just like a player who impacts a game. Um, I don't think it had to be uh, a sub. Okay. But. But yeah, that is the most impactful. Yeah. Part of the season so far, you would think. I think so. Um, I mean, especially with your team two nothing down. Yeah. You're coming in with all the pressure. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Yeah. All the like all this end of the season awards coming through now. All the you know players of the year, goal of the year. Uh, goal of the season, I guess it's calling your Budweiser goal of the season. It's kind of funny. Like a goal of the season sponsored by Budweiser. Like, yeah, why not? Of course. Yeah. Um, Low-key, Son, uh, Son picking up the golden boot of the year, too. Yep. I think in the last match of the season, he went mm-hmm. past uh, Mo Salah. I think they tied. They tied? But he, he has it, though. He got it. I Do they both get it? I don't think so. I think he... I think I saw somewhere like he has it. Like he is like the... I don't know. The award winner for the season. I saw him celebrating... Um, I'm not sure. I can't really type my laptop because four of my keys don't work. So what? One sec. <laughs> what keys? T is. If anyone knows how to solve your T Y U I O on your Mac not working, let me know. I mean, I bought a new Mac. I didn't bring my new one here. I have my old one. <laughs> so I'm trying to type in um, footy. <laughs> you can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, come back to me on that one. Uh, I just looked it up real quick. It just says. Yeah, Son Son Hungman receives Hero's Welcome from winning Golden Boot Award. Um, so he must be back in Korea with the award, looks like. Yeah, he just went to Seoul. Um, no, they tied. They both had 23. 
Oh, so the, oh, well, he's the only one that's getting recognition for it. I don't see anywhere on here that says like Son and uh, Salah share. It's like I literally typed in Golden Boot DPL, and the first six articles are all about Son. Yeah, so I think they're just like biased towards Son because it says winners of Golden Boot, and for this year they have Mo Salah and Son. Oh, okay, I'm mistaken. I'm mistaken. Yeah. But I mean, cool. Everyone loves Son more than Salah, yeah, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, what is what else can Mo Salah do? Like, he's won EPL, he's won Champions League, Golden Boot winner. Give Son some respect. Like, yeah. he's been arguably one of the best players in England the last five years, four, maybe four years. Yeah. Like, I would even put him more valuable than Harry Kane, to be honest, this year. Well, no, yeah. Sure. I mean, like, could have been debatable by the end of the season because Kane started to play well. He made a comeback. Started, yeah, yeah. But Son just in and out, consistent, shows up for Tottenham. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. if you were to give me, like, a choice at Kane or Son right now to build my team around Tottenham, I'd probably pick Son. Yeah, same. yeah. Which I mean, I a couple agree. years ago, you'd be crazy to make that mm-hmm. make that uh, assumption. But Son's a great player. Um, so that's how the top of the table ended up being. I mean, we could talk it to death, but Man City again, your Premier League champions, twenty twenty two, Liverpool second, Chelsea third, kind of comfortably, um, Tottenham fourth place. <laughs> Yeah. Got past Arsenal. Arsenal mm-hmm. did what they could do against Everton. They got the win, but uh, end of the day, it ended up being Tottenham by two points. Is that what it says? Yep. Tottenham by two points in their fourth place, getting the last Champions League spot. Europa League being filled out by Arsenal and Man United. Who barely. <laughs> barely <laughs> squ- squeaked through again. If if West Ham would have came with the win, they would have been in the Europa League. United would have been into the Conference League, which actually just took place today on Wednesday. Uh, conference league final between Roma and Feyenoord. Roma won no victors. Uh, Jose Mourinho five for five on European trophies in the finals, which is pretty cool stat for him. Um, but this is a Premier League podcast. I don't know why I'm saying that. But just giving the just, just giving a shout out to Roma. Yeah, yeah I mean Roma. It's pretty cool. I mean it's good for them. Uh, good for Mourinho. Whenever I see Mourinho have success anywhere, it's kind of nice too because like he's he's a special one. Yeah, he's, I should I should have brought my old school Mazda Roma jersey with. With that, like, the oh, collar. Oh, the collar? Oh, that, the those collar are with sweet. The, Mazda. Those are nice. Where are those? And it had nice. the, uh, the like, the, it almost looked like the flying V thing with yeah. the little circles that if you, like, rub them hard enough, they would change color. Mm-hmm. What? Yeah. <laughs> Bought it at AC Soccer years Like a scratch ago. and sniff? Like... Yeah, basically a scratch <laughs> sniff on New Jersey. What color was it? Like, the burgundy one? Like, the... It, like, it was, no, it was, like, the orange. The orange? Oh, the orange one. Yeah. Okay. Cause they had like that burgundy colored one too. Yeah. Nice. No, this was like old Roma orange. The tight one. Yeah, very tight. Got the totty like. Yeah. Skin tight, nipple showing. <laughs> nipples weren't showing, but it was tight. No nipples. <laughs> I've had some nipple shirts before. They get, they get itchy. Yeah, and they're all Italian jerseys. Yeah, I know all the Puma <laughs> ones. One like, I can't even fit in my 2016 shirt anymore. My 2016 in uh, Italy jersey. Oh yeah, I don't. I don't even know where mine are. Oh, sorry, not, tried... not 2016. 20. Yeah, 2016, the Europa. Oh, the Euro, the Euro jersey. Yeah. I think the best one... Skin tight. Yeah. I think I had the jersey from 2002, the Italy one. Just That's a tight the one. The all blue one. That's Kappa. Just, or maybe not that one. I think because it was Puma, the one I have. It's just all blue, the Italy crest, and the Puma sign right here. And that's all. That might that's have been every- like 04. Oh, yeah. Because I know for a fact 02 is definitely Kappa. Yeah. I think like 2000, 2002 was Kappa. And then they might have made the change in 04 because then I have the 06 that they won. I The only jersey, I was like 14 in 2006. Mm-hmm. And the only jersey that they had at the store was a large. 
But my parents said, okay, you know what? It's like your first like Italy jersey. We'll buy it for you. Yeah. I was swimming in it. Now it fits. You'll grow now into it fits. <laughs> You'll grow into it. <laughs> it fits now. Uh, it actually fits nice now. It's, it's a large, but it's like a, it's like a fitted large. Yeah. So it's yeah. actually kind of nice. But I got the 2016 Euro long sleeve in a medium. And that, okay. that thing's just grousing <laughs> for air. Yeah. I put it on still. <laughs> it's, yeah. It looks nice, but it's tight. It would fit you guys really nice, actually. Yeah. Okay. You want to buy it? I, with me? Yeah, maybe. Because I, uh, I got to get some new Italy attire. Because I don't even. I had, I had the 2006 one when they won, long sleeve. Yeah. Don't know where that went. I had the 20. Uh, I had the Euro, one of the Euro kits where I had like all the lines kind of through it. Oh, I don't know. Um, don't know where that is. Uh, an Italy jacket. Don't know where that is. I, I still got that. That's the only thing I have. Jacket. That the nice one though. I one of the massive Italy letters like across the chest. Oh, I remember that one. I've seen John that one a bunch of times. Yeah, I had the old school Kappa like Italy jersey or Italy tracksuit too, like the matching like Kappa one like down the side, like the two ladies down the side. You know, oh yeah, yeah. I think everyone had those in like 2002 <laughs> everyone, or something. Or that or Kappa track pants. Yeah, hundred percent. Black Kappa track. I mean, pants. we're talking about Italy, but we have nothing to cheer about for the next four years. So. <laughs> no. Because uh, we suck. Anyway, <laughs> um, back to England. Uh, top ten. What's rounding up? Leicester City actually made a little bit of resurgence because they were in like thirteenth mm-hmm. for a while, thirteenth, yeah, twelve struggling. range. Mm-hmm. Um, they finished P eight, P eight. They finished in eighth place. P eight. I got F one in the. Mind. Here we go. Um, Brighton. I mean, I wouldn't call it like a surprise of this season because mm-hmm. finishing ninth is you're finishing ninth. But top ten for Brighton, pretty good result for them. Yeah. They were sitting top five for a while. Yeah. At the start of the season. Them and Brentford were kinda of like the two teams that were saying, like, wow, like why how is this happening? How long can they survive mm-hmm. um in this uh this spot of the of the table? But then to finish P nine, top ten, huge result for them. P nine. Did I say P nine again? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Ninth place. Pole position. Man pole City position. in current pole position. Get out of here. <laughs> And then <laughs> yeah, on the podium with Man City is Liverpool and Chelsea. I was watching that game against them against Man U. When they sh- the shellacking. Oh my gosh! I was Kukurea just e- like <laughs> eating Man U apart. I thought he was oh, Italian for a minute. Oh, I think what is he Spanish? Spanish. Yeah. Yeah, he has like Bar- I think his Barcelona ties. Yeah. Like, like maybe like his like youth academy was on Barcelona. I've seen him in a jersey uh, when he was younger on Barcelona. Um, yeah. And then Wolves, just round out your top 10. Wolverhampton, 10th place. Uh, they had a strange season as well. Um, they were kind of like almost like Leicester. They're around that bubble of 12th to 9th for like a big chunk of the season. And then they just kind of went on a weird form at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. A lot of draws, a lot of losses, finding it really hard to score. The legs of Jimenez there. And um, who's the other one? Um, you think of? Oh, like the other forward for um for Wolves. Jimenez and um Matinho? Yeah, Matinho. Like Matinho? Well, I think Matinho plays mid. Yeah, you're thinking of Huang. No, not got... him. No, no. <laughs> no. Um Pedro Neto? Pedro Neto, yeah, maybe him. I don't know. They have good players. <laughs> they didn't know they they have guys that can score. They this they found it hard. I mean Jimenez yeah. was like a top goal scorer a couple years ago. He's in the top five, top six, um, but they just had kind of a you know downward season at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, them being rivals to Leicester City, it's never good to be beaten by your your Midland rivals. But yeah, as long as they place higher than Aston Villa, I think they're happy. Um, we saw a lot of coaching changes this year. We can go down the list of like just tons yeah. of storylines this season. Coaching changes at Villa, 
Newcastle, clearly Norwich, Burnley. Um, some working out for some clubs, some not for the other. Mm-hmm. I think the biggest turnaround was probably the Newcastle uh, yeah. firing and then hiring of Eddie Howe. For yeah. sure. Um, I like that move because similar to the Gerrard move with Aston Villa as well, it wasn't just coming to the side and save our team. It was like coming to the side, save our team, but then like you're going to be here to grow our, our club. Mm-hmm. Like you don't just hire Eddie Howe to, you know, rescue your team from relegation. Yeah, that's not what he's about. That's like a Sam Allardyce. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. So Sam, Roy Hodgson. Roy Hodgson came you in too for like four months. <laughs> yeah, like that's I, it. Like there's maybe there's like eight coaching firings this season. Maybe yeah, seven at least there's, maybe. Yeah, quite a few. Um, again, not all of them panning out. I mean, Leeds fired the manager too, didn't they? Uh, uh yeah they did Bielsa yeah, yeah, yeah because the guy, the guy that was always crouching with the glasses yeah and now they got he was let go and they got that yeah they, Norwich had the manager let go Watford had their manager let go uh Everton obviously <laughs> uh Villa Newcastle like it was like a list like yeah. a huge list um but yeah like, like Gerard again coming in from coaching or managing Rangers who actually went to the Europa League final this year as well um shout out Rangers losing in a shootout Never, always tough. Never, never a good uh, result. But yeah, he's not. He's not there just to be. Yeah, relegation safety, and then I'm out of here. Mm-hmm. So I think for the future of you know clubs like Newcastle, Villa, Lampard, maybe at Everton, we'll see how that goes next season. He did his job barely by squeaking <laughs> out a couple wins at the end of the season to yeah. get them out of relegation. Mm. Um, it's going to be a promising future, I think, for these clubs. Hopefully, um, what do you guys think? Yeah, I mean, with I'm I'm really interested to see what happens with Lampard at Everton next season, just because you know his run so far hasn't been the best. Um, but coming off this huge high of you know saving one of the biggest clubs in the EPL, uh, I hope it works out for him, um, just because of kind of the magnitude of a club that Everton is, and just you know really wanting it to work out for him. Uh, hopefully it goes well. I do. I do really want to see Eddie Howe stay at Newcastle for the long haul. You know, I really like him as a manager. Um, but obviously, with all the influx of money and potentially all the personalities coming into Newcastle, I think you're going to need a really top class manager to manage that. Like we've talked about, like Jurgen and Pep are are you know they're they're managing players and managing egos. Like along with their really good obviously coaching capabilities. They're good at managing the locker room and things like that. So I think that's what Eddie Howe's going to have to do at Newcastle as they grow. Which is something he's not probably accustomed to do. Yeah, right. Like, coming like out. If you, like, from obviously just tossing names out there because like, this is obviously just a rumor, but like Eden Hazard or like... <laughs> I was watching the Champions <laughs> sidetrack. Um, have you seen the show The Champions? On Kelly's the- watched it. Oh, so funny. Um Messi and Ronaldo go to like an alternate universe, uh, for whatever reason. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, and they go to one where like everyone's at Newcastle. <laughs> they had a room of like just Salah, like Lewandowski, like all these guys just in a room, like splashing money. Um, but no, like if them or like Eden Hazard or like even Sterling, just all these random like big players, if they go to Newcastle, Eddie Howe's gonna manage like a locker room with like. E- egos of people that at one point thought they were like the best soccer player in the world. You know Good point. Mean? It's gonna be tough. Um, and like coming from like the side like Bournemouth too, even from Bournemouth to Newcastle, that's a different upgrade in itself as well. Yeah, 
Like the Bournemouth grounds, Vitality Stadium is like under 10,000 people, I think we saw it was, or 11,000. Yeah, it's very small. To go to St. James Park now, like on your, that's like your regular home field. That's your, mm-hmm. that's your regular home crowd, you know, way more passionate, way more loud and bo- boisterous than the fans of Bournemouth would be probably. Yeah. Um, yeah, small market to big market move. That's one thing in itself. He clearly handled it well. I mean, I, I even had the, the likes of Eddie Howe going to Arsenal or Man United uh, as a potential spot for him to land too. I think the Newcastle signing, I think they got a steal in Eddie Howe. Yeah. Um, he's young still. I think he's around maybe 40 if he's not, if not even 40 years old. So he still has like that young personality at heart. Um, he can relate to the players a little bit more. And like Santo just said, you're a player manager. Like, yes, tactics aside, you're there to manage personalities. Mm-hmm. And the younger you are, the more you can relate to those players, the more you can pull them aside under your wing, maybe in the locker room and say, hey, like, I know what you're going through. You'll know, get over it. Whatever advice he wants to give. I think Eddie Howe's a great job or a great manager for the job for Newcastle. And who knows? Yeah, like you said, the new man, the new um, backing from the Saudi, you know, regime that's there now. <laughs> yeah. Money's going to come in. Players are going to come in. Hazard, possibly, like you said. Who knows? Like where Newcastle could finish next year. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And Eddie Howe is forty-four, so he's forty-four. Okay, very, very young. When he was at Bournemouth, I know he was like thirty-six. He or was something. like super young. Yeah. yeah, we're gonna be as old as him in like five years. Ooh. Crazy. Um, yeah, and I think you know he has a long career ahead of him. Uh, as long as he can, you know, get a good stick in with Newcastle, I think. Uh, he has the capability to just grow into one of the top managers. And if Newcastle really progress to be one of these teams that start competing for titles with all this money, uh, it'll be interesting to see if he can, you know, maintain a spot there. Because obviously, mm-hmm. if Newcastle gets big, you know, you, all of a sudden you can take your pick yeah. of yeah. who you want, right? And, yeah. Like tragedy aside, like he would, if Newcastle doesn't progress to like being, you know, a huge Premier League contender. If he can just kind of float them in a good spot for a long time, he'll get picked up by somebody. Mm-hmm. Like I think, like you know, yeah. it, he could be Pep's successor. He could go to Chelsea possibly, as long as he doesn't put Newcastle into the ground. Yeah, like he's gonna have a promising future. Like you said, he's forty-four yeah. years old. Yeah, like when he's when he's sixty, he could be United's new Sir Alex Ferguson. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think he has that potential as a manager. Yeah, and and to keep in mind, I mean. I still remember when the when City first got taken over by uh, the Etihad group. What I don't even know. We'll call them that. Yeah. <laughs> um, and they bought Rubinho. That was how long? That ago? was like forever ago. Seven? Like forever Maybe? ago. Yeah. And it took them. They went through how many managers? Yeah. Like that might be like dozen Hep- five or something. Actually, I don't know. Hep oh, was like yeah, what the fourth or fifth. No, maybe I don't know because they had their original guy. I forget his name, and then the original guy. <laughs> Ooh, what's that after him? I don't know. Maybe it was Mancini. I think it was him. Pellegrini. Mancini. I think Pellegrini was after Mancini. Uh, Rubino went to Man City in 2008. Okay, so yeah. it took from Rubino getting signed to Aguero in 2012. Them barely winning the yeah. Well, I mean, you know, granted they probably deserved it that year, but you know, it took a long time yeah. to, to build that team. You know, to get all these signings mm-hmm. and, and literally having a revolving door. But like, all right, mm-hmm. splash all this money on this player. Splash, and you're just like, 
bringing all these players and finally get a recipe that works. Yeah. yeah. And that's what a lot of teams and a lot of fan bases, I think, miss, like, miss picking up on. Yes, because you have new investment. Yes, because you have maybe you have a world-class manager. Yes, you have one or two signings. You're not going to click right away. Mm-hmm. You're not going to gel and like become a Premier League champion your next season. There's a growing yeah. period. It, you have to get acclimated to your team. And we saw it firsthand, like we just kind of talked about, Pep's first season at Man City was a disaster. Yeah. Yeah. Like people were calling for his head like after the first season. points or something? Yeah. Like That's they were crazy. saying, like, who, like, why we don't need him? Go back to, you know, Bayern, go back to Barca, even. They didn't want him. And now they're going to be building statues of the guy. Yeah. Yeah. If he can, they're Imagine. like, they're like, we want uh, Pep here as long as possible. Yeah. Like, why not? I mean, the guy can't get you a Champions League title, but. If you can consistently win Premier League titles, that's still huge. Like I yeah, said, yeah. like it's not like he just won the Carabao Cup four years in a row, and that's all he's done at Man City. Yeah, he's built the club or helped build the club from. Yes, like what Pellegrini and what Mancini were able to do is was great for the club as well. But Pep has established them as a European power. Yeah, and yes, with the backing of the Etihad Group and the money coming in, they didn't just splash money around on pointless signings, mm-hmm. everyone that they signed has contributed. When you think about it, mm-hmm. like, like back, I always bring up the Adebayor thing from like 2010 or whatever it was. When Man City bought Adebayor from, from Arsenal, they bought him, paid millions of dollars for him to ride the bench because they're, they were already so stacked yeah. Yeah. that they didn't need him. They weren't doing that with this, like under this um, regime and under what, Pep has done in the last five seasons at Man City. Let's just call it five years. They didn't, they haven't been making pointless signings. Yeah, everything yeah. has a purpose. Pep is getting guys that he knows can fit his tactics, that can fit his um, his plan going forward. And if they don't adjust to it, yeah, he might ship them out, might put them on loan, whatever it is. But for the most part, ninety percent, let's say, of Pep signings, or ninety percent of what Pep has done since he's been at Man City, has been a success. Yeah. It's just closing in on, yes, the Champions League. Yes, it's closing in on maybe making the Premier League title more, um, I don't know, like not clutch, but like winning the title like easier, mm-hmm. like if, yeah. if, if at all possible. Like obviously with the rivals of, Man- with the rival of, of Liverpool, like it's that's out of their hands, out of their yeah. control how well Liverpool plays. Getting 90, yeah. 90 plus points and Liverpool's yeah. getting, like it's crazy. Yeah, uh, you can't count on that as against them. You can't like, yeah. put that against Pep, but. Yeah, he's done a good job. And again, I'm not a Man City guy. You guys know that. But when you're being successful, like year in, like year after year, you have to give credit where it's due. Yeah. During the during the season before they were crowned champions, I had no, I didn't want to say anything good about them because they weren't yeah. champions yet. In my eyes, they haven't won clearly. Liverpool has a chance to win three out of four trophies this year. Yeah. Do I think Liverpool's a better club than City? Maybe, but they won the title. I can't take that away from them. Yeah. Kudos to City. I'll shut, I'll shut up now. You guys talk. I think Joe was going to say something. Go ahead, no, Joe. I was looking at something else. But um, no, I mean, and this, and I hate to harp on menu, but this just goes back to, I think, even Liverpool. Well, I would say a lot of the top clubs. You look at their structure, and they're just structured in a way to like win Premier League titles. And then you look at menu and it's just like it's literally the opposite of what you just said. Like signings just for publicity. Like managers just like who look good. Whoever might be like Ole. I mean, no, no disrespect to him, but 
there was no indication. And he was he was set up to fail. They were like, oh, we're gonna put an Ole to like compete with the some of the best managers in the world, but he hasn't had that um, you know, experience yet. It's like that was that's, that was kind of a recipe for disaster because he was never gonna compete like for the title. And then, you know, with that said, you try and sign these big players and it goes back to you know, needing someone that can manage ego. So hopefully Ten Hag can do it. And hopefully Man U can get to a point with like City and Liverpool where there's like have a good structure on their under their belt. Um but yeah. No, yeah, kudos. And I to go on your point with Liverpool winning the Premier League easier, I think what it if there what if City didn't have this many points, I think Liverpool would have probably won four of the last five five titles just what because they got like 92 points i know the year last year i think they got like 93 and they still didn't win mm-hmm. so yeah the year in, city got 100 in it's it just yeah. insane they get like 90 plus points in two years and not win a title either of those years yeah if, it's if like if not for the other club one of the two clubs would be on like a five-year winning streak yeah it's kind of what you're saying which is great yeah um i mean this we're gonna and I heard one of the pundits saying, like, this rivalry, like, we're going to take a step back and be like, this rivalry was insane. Mm-hmm. Like, this Liver- City-Liverpool mm-hmm. rivalry. Like, we're going to look back and like, was there ever really another one like this? Probably yeah, not. I don't I don't think like, so. Like, just, just this two-horse-legged rivalry going on. Because I know back in the day, we had, like, United, Liverpool, Arsenal, Chelsea, just consistent top four. And United was always kind of had the edge on all three of them. Yeah, it was United and Arsenal, if anybody. Yeah, and uh, but these two just like, and they're even saying like their styles are different, but they're just so dominant while also playing like a really really good football. Also, is, different brands of football too. Yeah, like which is kind of which is nice to see, because a lot of the time you look at other leagues, whether it's it's Syria and Italy or Bundesliga Germany, Liga in France. All the teams are structured differently based on payroll, I think. But a lot, at the same time, the style of football is very similar. In England, it's like you have like the kick and run ball of like yeah. lower lower end teams. You have the possession based game of like a Man City and a Chelsea. You have Liverpool doing the high press and always attacking. You have United not knowing how to defend. There's different styles of play. Yeah, like all throughout England, and yeah, to see two clubs like Man City and like Liverpool go toe-to-toe week in, week out with different style of play. It's nice on the eye to watch as a spectator. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, because then you can also like kind of gauge like how you view football based on like what you're watching. Like, are you more of like a run and gun or you're more of, yeah, possession and you want to have 60% of possession every week? Or are you like Liverpool where you want to be able to do a high press and a high attacking rate, score a lot of goals, have a little more flair, I think, and like excitement in your matches? Mm-hmm. It's it's up to the viewer at their own discretion of like who to support and who to follow. I, I just love it though. Yeah, like, I love like just the different, yeah, like viewing pleasure you can have in in the English game. Yeah, and you get to see especially when City and Liverpool go match up against each other, you really don't know what to expect. You don't know which style Fireworks. is going to prevail on yeah, that day. You know, it's awesome. Um, I remember I think it was I don't know if it was last season or two seasons ago when you know City like really handed it to Liverpool one game, and then you have situations like in the FA Cup. Um, granted city did come back but you know for 90 plus percent of that game liverpool were just taking city and city couldn't handle it whatsoever mm-hmm. uh so it's nice to see what style kind of prevails on any given day 
and you know, right now, back to your point about you know Liverpool being a better club. Right now, I feel even though obviously City won the Premier League and maybe over a long period of time, um, City do tend to get the results and you know get titles as as they have gotten over the years. But I think on a given day when City and Liverpool play each other, I would say Liverpool probably has the upper hand every time they play City. Just for whatever reason, when they're getting matched up, it's just from all the games I've seen um, them playing against each other, I feel like City's always really struggling in the game. Mm -hmm. I do think City... Like, if City doesn't play their best, Liverpool will probably win. Mm -hmm. Um, Even if Liverpool doesn't play their best. Um, I do think City, at their best, is better than Liverpool, though. Yeah. It's just... City, like, I'll put it this way. City are probably like an eight and a half, nine out of 10 most of the time. But they, if they're at a 10, they'll always beat Liverpool. But if City's at a nine and Liverpool's at an eight, Liverpool probably wins that game, oddly enough. It's just, I don't know what it is about Liverpool. They're just so dynamic when they play. Um, and if City's not free-flowing enough, they're not going to be able to break down Liverpool. Yeah. Um and if KDB is having a bad game against Liverpool, yeah, it's everyone has tough. to be so like, like I said, everyone has to be like perfect, and then they, then they will they'll beat anyone. Um, it's just those games where they're not when it's not clicking. Um, then yeah, Liverpool has the upper hand. I think a lot of it comes down to just again the style Liverpool plays. They frustrate you. Yeah, mm-hmm. like they're just they're pesky. Like they're very. Like if Liverpool. Most of the time that Liverpool's going to play a match against somebody, they're going to be the the favorite to win, correct? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the style of play that they play, whether it's against Leeds or whether it's against Chelsea, their style of play is just to frustrate you and make you create mistakes. Whether that's against a player like you know Jack Harrison for, for Leeds or a player like Jorginho for Chelsea, they're just going to put pressure on you to create turnovers, and then that's how they can counterattack and go forward. Same thing against Man City. If they're not the favorite against Man City, they're still going to play the same way that they do against Southampton. They're mm-hmm. just going to try and make you make mistakes. So I think that being said, like this match going into the Saturday against Real Madrid, they're the favorite to win. I think going mm-hmm. in already, I'm not sure like what the line is for, for betting odds, but they're the favorite to win. They're not going to change how they play. And that's what I like about them too, because they could be a possession-based team, but it's not like a slow build-up play that Man City mm-hmm. does. Man City wants to make every goal look beautiful. Yeah. Like, that's kind of like what they build their their goal scoring around, I think. And I think if they don't... If they're not able to achieve that, they frustrate themselves and they get into panic yeah. mode and they can't sometimes break through. Yeah. Liverpool is just always going to find a way to win. Yeah. yeah. They're always just going to get the squeaky bum goals. They're going to get, like, the pressure mistake-ridden goals. And I think that's how they get separate from each other, Man City and Liverpool. Um, I mean, the like they both only lost two and three games this year. Yeah, like mm-hmm. Man City lost three, Liverpool lost two. Man, uh, Man City one twenty nine, Liverpool one twenty eight. Like that's how close they're separated. Yeah, and then two draws in between that is the, is the difference. One game difference, and it swings the other person's direction, other team's direction. I just think the way that Liverpool plays against any opponent is more of maybe the manager doesn't have to the opposing manager doesn't have to 
change their style of play as much against Liverpool as they would against Man City because Man City is just always going to be, again, mm-hmm. possession-based. You just crowd the box. Don't let them score. Yeah. Liverpool, they will find a way to score. Yeah. They, they will find, find a, way. a way to beat you. Yeah. 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 I don't know what that means, but that's just my opinion. No. <laughs> Liverpool will f- always find the squeaky bum goals. That's yeah. uh, the end of the story. <laughs> yeah. That's true. No, it's true. They, they will. Um, and, yeah, I think it's going to be interesting to see how how they kind of just take it to Real this weekend. Uh, probably, you know, they're going to play the same game they always do. And I think that's why they're favorites. Um, not to get ahead of ourselves on the weekend, but I just... Even though Liverpool are the favorites... Real Madrid said it tons of times since this matchup started. Always find a way to win Champions League. That's why they've won it 13 times. Even when That's they have true. terrible seasons, they just find a way to win. And I think, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if it happens again. I yeah. mean, Benzema's on fire right now. He's scoring goals from nothing. Yeah, um, I, really, I really think Vinicius Jr. is going to give Liverpool a very hard time. Because the one thing Liverpool doesn't have is like a Kyle Walker on their team. Yeah, they have Van Dijk, who's great. Uh, Kanate, great center backs, but Robertson and Alexander Arnold are not going to be able to deal with Vinicius Junior. So they're going to the have pa- to. They'll have the pace for him, maybe, but maybe not the physicality or not. Not the defensive not. aspect of it. Maybe they, not there. You have to be very good at defending to handle yeah. this guy. Um, and yeah, just on that point, like I think Walker was able to handle it, handle him decently well, just because Walker's probably the only player that's faster than him. I mean, he was he was running almost toe to toe with Walker with the ball, but Walker was able to kind of shut him down. Then when Walker got injured, um, this you know when they really started taking it to City, but you know, I it, it's gonna be interesting to see how he does against outside backs that really don't have the same pace as he does. Yeah, yeah and like like the way Liverpool set up as well, they're outside wingers, whether it be, you know, Mane, Jota, whoever, mm-hmm. they have no defensive like defensive no. duty. Mm-hmm. And we know how forward Alexander Arnold and Robertson like to get. Yeah. So they could get caught out in that aspect as yeah. well. I'm sure Klopp again, if anyone's gonna have a plan, Klopp would have an idea of like, okay, yeah. Maybe like don't he... go forward as much. Like we can't whatever wing he's playing, is he like a left winger? He's going to play on the left side, so he's going to be, a, well, assuming they play the same and Liverpool plays the same, he's going yeah. to be on Alexander-Arnold's side yeah. probably. So maybe he'll say, hey, Trent, like, hang back a little bit. Like, Don't go as forward as you as you can. Like, Choose your time wisely. Yeah. Um, because, yeah, if you get beat by that guy, like you're you're toast. Yeah. And then, to ha- I mean, if, if there's any informed striker you don't want to go against right now, it's Benzema. Yeah. Whether it's Vinicius Jr. going on the wing and cutting in on his own or sending in a ball to, to Benzema for his header. I mean, those yeah. are two things you don't want happening against you. I know, and it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting for Van Dyke because it's kind of opposites for Van Dyke. You know, he's obviously younger, like you know, How I want to say though? he's very what? How much younger? He's not that much younger. He's, what Van Dyke's like twenty six? I think. No, he is not. Uh, it's something. I don't know. Look it up. I can't type in Van Dyke quickly on this laptop. Santi, <laughs> <laughs> so get the Van, Van Dyke on here. Van Dyke. Van Go. Oh, now okay, he's thirty. Yeah, he's not 26. 26. Whatever. Doesn't matter. Yeah, he's the um, uh, same age as us, actually. He's uh, 91. So he's going to be 31. Yeah, yeah go. he's going to be 31. Yeah, he's going to uh, be 31, John. Benzema. Benzema's 36, I think. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting. How, 34. Because like, Benzema's... 34? Has... Y'all got to check your stats. 
<laughs> I, no, I thought I remembered just watching. The he's turning. Game. He's turning thirty-five in December, so he's got a ways to go. He's he'll be thirty-five this year. Yeah. So, I mean, Benzema, like he's not obviously not faster than Van Dyke. Probably not as strong as Van Dyke, but Benzema just has so much experience playing. He's gonna like just just knows where to be. Just knows his stuff. So it's gonna be interesting how that gets dealt with. Yeah. Um. So yeah. You guys, throw, you guys throw predictions out for Saturday. I mean, I with this matchup, I really don't even know how like valuable prediction is going to be. Oh, just for fun, just for fun. I think Liverpool's going to win three one. I'm going to say Real two one, and Benzema's going to score a header because he scored a million headers so far. And uh, yeah, I'm not even going to make the prediction. Yeah, too two close. One. I think two one Benzema's. For I'm sure actually. I don't know why. Now I'm leaning more towards a Real Madrid. Win. Don't change your thing. I don't know Wait, why. If you want to change yours, change yours. I was going to say three one Liverpool. So either I'm on your side with you, or I'm trying. You to can think. change it up, whatever you want to do. But I was going to say three one Liverpool. Um, that's just my my take on it. Yeah, I don't know stuff. <laughs> Be confident, you know, Joe. It's, Be called, confident. it's called Real Madrid's trophy for a reason. Yeah, that's true. I mean, yeah, typically, yeah. I would be a be, I'd be a little out. weary because I know there's this issue. Like, Salas could very well leave Liverpool this summer for Real Madrid, which is kind of interesting. Um, but just the signings Liverpool made were so good. Like, what's his name again? Diaz. Diaz. Oh, like, yeah. Where did this guy come from? What <laughs> a signing. Such, like, Low key, prob- one of the signings of probably the, year. the best signing of the year, I would say. Most impactful second half of the season. Like yeah. came out of nowhere and he just slotted right in to like, you know, Firmino been in and out of the side because Jota took his spot. Um but even Jota down the road too, he was kind of consistent. Like he was either always getting subbed or not even getting starts. Yeah. Because Diaz was coming in on the I think just, spot. Diaz comes in just like crushed it. Like where, Diaz, who was he from found this guy. Yeah, he was uh, on Porto from twenty nineteen to twenty twenty two. 77 appearances, 26 goals. And since being at Liverpool, 13 appearances, 4 goals. That's just in Premier League though. That's like he's got other yeah, goals. Yeah. That's that's Premier League. Yeah. Um and yes, yeah, 25 Colombian timely goals though too. Yeah. Very very timely yeah. goals, which yeah. are even more um yeah, I mean, they don't show up on the stat sheet as as big, but way more valuable. <laughs> Uh, a timely goal. You can give him one timely goal as opposed to 10 Premier League goals. Mm-hmm. I'll take a timely goal mm-hmm. uh, every day of the week. Um, so Joe, again, inconsistent maybe on his on his prediction. Santi 2-1 Real Madrid. Andrew 3-1 Liverpool. Joe, final word. What is it? Gun to the head. 3-1 Liverpool. Yay, there we go. <laughs> Team Reds. Joe's like biting his tongue saying that because he wants Man City to be here so bad. <laughs> <laughs> I do, and it goes back to what I said. I want, but then it kind of contradicts what I say because I think if if Pep won the the Champions League with City this year, um, I'm curious if if 2023 would be his last year. He's like, because what else do I have to do at City? But um, so let me ask you guys this: This is Pep's sixth sixth season he just completed at Man City, and this is 2016. Mm-hmm. He has four Premier League titles. Does he trade those four for one Champions League? I don't think so. No. You don't think so? No. I wonder if you were to ask like an actual city city supporter. I mean, a city supporter probably would. Like, if you're a city supporter, it's like, yeah, I want to win the Champions League. We haven't won that yet. I think Pep, the fact he can look back, it's like, I 
I won four out of five Premier League titles, which means over five years, like I was definitely the best manager. Whereas Champions League, what like Chelsea won one Champions League, like last year was it last year. Yeah. But like what? Yeah, is, we did. But like, what is what is Chelsea right now? Like, I would I would probably take. I've been not, avoiding the Chelsea topic all of this yeah, so far. I would I would much rather take those four Premier League titles and be where City is right now than the one Champions League and be where Chelsea is right now. Because like, I actually can't wait, fight you? you on that. Yeah. I can't fight you on that. Because like, yeah, can't. we won we won last year, but like, we're not like you're not gonna win it again soon, probably, and you're like the third best team in the PL. I don't know. Yeah. This is what it is. Right at the beginning of the, epi- of the episode, you guys mentioned, like, I think it was you, Santo, you said, Champions League, you can kind of get hot and, like, mm-hmm. streaky and then win. I was biting my tongue because like, that's exactly what Chelsea did last <laughs> season. I mean, if, I mean, trading in four titles for one Champions League, that's a lot. I Maybe mean, I'll trade in three titles for a Champions League um, and keep one back because winning... Winning... The domestic title, winning the Premier League trophy, it shows sustainability, and it shows that like you are a good club. Yeah, it's like you like we just like we can harp on all all episode. If you win the Premier League title, you're a very good side. Yeah, and more times than not, nine and a half times out of ten, you're deserving of winning the title. Um, in Chelsea's case, it's been I don't even remember now four or five seasons since they last won the Premier League, and it hurts. Because you're seeing the success of Liverpool and Man City every single year. Whether they don't make Champions League final, that's one thing. Liverpool, that's that's kind of why I'm saying Liverpool might be a better club than City as a whole. Because they're going to their second Champions League, t- uh, they're going to possibly win their second Champions League trophy mm-hmm. in three seasons. Yeah, They are coming off winning a Premier League title two years ago, their first one in 30 years. Which is huge. So I think in the last... If even the last five seasons as a whole, although City has had more domestic success, I think as a whole in the last five years, I would say Liverpool has been the best club in in England. I would think I would think so. I mean, the one title and then two Champions League appearances, being right there again with City this year. I would take Liverpool. And now, and then Chelsea is, is so far behind. That's why I'm yeah, trying yeah. to again. <laughs> I started to talk about Chelsea just now. They're so far behind both those clubs. It's very frustrating, clearly. Mm-hmm. And to sit back and see the success of those two clubs domestically and in Europe, it's tough. Mm-hmm. It's tough. It's tough to be part of because for decades, Chelsea has been right there with the Man Uniteds, with the Liverpools, with the Arsenals. And to not go into a season like super confident that you're going to finish in Champions League. I thought they were this year. I mean, I, I never... It never once crossed my mind that they weren't going to be in Champions League. Beginning of the year, I thought Chelsea's a title contender. We talked about mm-hmm. it at length. Mm-hmm. Clearly, that didn't happen. <laughs> yeah. But going to next year, I have no idea what this team is about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if I, yeah, if you give me a hundred dollars right now to bet on who would win the title, I'd be putting on City or Liverpool, hundred percent. I would never put on Chelsea for next year. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to say about them. Yeah, I, I have no idea what direction this team's going to go into. Yeah, and it's it's going to be a lot on what happens with Lukaku if he finally like gets his footing and gets you know his performances back on track. Um, because they have the makings of a team that can contend for the title if they're playing well. They just got to fill in some gaps. But losing Rudiger, losing Christensen, yeah, possibly losing Aspilicueta. 
I mean, that's three guys that are in your back line every every week. Yeah, Christensen's on the been on the bench as a as a substitute, but Rudiger has been arguably Chelsea's best player for a couple seasons now. Aspilicueta has been the captain for ten years. Those two guys are now gone. Yeah, you have an aging Thiago Silva now, who seemed like a great signing last year when you when he came on a free transfer. He's thirty eight years old, or thirty nine maybe now even. Mm-hmm. So we're gonna have a very very young back line. Hopefully Ben Chilwell is healthy enough to actually stay and play yeah. next season. Opposite Reese James on the wing. But those guys in the middle, Kurt Zuma's gone to West Ham. Uh, Trevor Chalaba, who knows if he can step into Rudiger's role and fill his position. I don't know. Like, uh, There's a lot of questions on their back line. And I, I'm i surprised that Tuchel hasn't made more um, appearances talking about it because his defense, his mind... His his mind as a manager is defensive, yeah. And so for him to be kind of up in the air with like who's going to play defense next year for your for your club, it's kind of scary. Um, we know how the midfield is with you know Havertz and Mount and Pulisic. It's just finding a cohesive group that can play together as as a well oiled uh, machine for like a long period of time because they were so in and out of the side. Yeah, all these guys, like, yeah, Ziyech as well, Hudson Odoi. You had no idea who's going to start. As your wingers, plus again the likes of Jorginho and Kovacic and Conte, you have so many players. Mm-hmm. You have like eight guys I just named that has to fill four spots, yeah, or five maybe every week. It's just a revolving door, and then yeah, up front, fuck, put this <laughs> you can put this chair up there, and I might better do a do a better job than Lukaku and Werner. I don't know. <laughs> There's a lot of questions with Chelsea next year. Yeah, mm-hmm. Todd Bowley, this the deal just went through today. Actually, I think. Um, of the sale of Chelsea, the Premier League, the FA, they approved of the sale to to Todd Bowley and his group. American owner, we'll see what he does with the club. I think he's going to be there to not just be, not just look at Chelsea as a business uh, acquisition, but to hopefully compete for titles. We'll see what they do in the transfer market in the summer. If they're given one, there's another talk of like maybe a possible transfer ban. Like that's another restriction going against Chelsea for what happened with Abramovich and Russia. Mm-hmm. Huge mess, um, yeah, boys. I could like I don't know. I'm just rambling right now. I'm scared. I don't know what the fuck is yeah, gonna happen you, with this team. You don't know like, who's gonna turn up, right? And that's the thing where you know, aside from Man City and Liverpool, it's really tough to know who's gonna show up. Like, who's which show up which version of that team is Tottenham? Show up. Maybe like yeah, we'll I don't see. Know. I mean, um, with Conte in particular. We'll see how they do. It's been one season, and he did what he had to do, got him into the Champions League. Uh, I was actually talking with uh, my boss today. He's a big Tottenham fan. Um, you know, if they can get a few more signings, you know, Conte's probably the closest person to being able to compete with Pep and Guardiola, I would say. Or Pep and... Pep and Guardiola. Pep, Pep and, and Guardiola. Coaching there you go. man in city. <laughs> what? Nothing. <laughs> yeah, that's a different, whatever. That's a different story. Um, I, uh, But to be honest, I thought that would be too usual just because of what he did when he got to Chelsea, won the Champions League. You know, obviously really good manager, but I don't know what's going on with Chelsea this year. Obviously, he's having a little bit of struggle managing Lukaku and maybe just the dressing room in general. So who knows? But like I said, if anyone can compete it is Conte so it's a question of if he can do that with Tottenham so mm-hmm. uh, yeah again we're the season just finished a couple of days ago so to give predictions for next year it's very early yep 
but of of the teams of, of you know of Chelsea, um, Tottenham, Arsenal, we'll throw Man U in the mix. Out of those four clubs, who do you think is more confident going into next season to let's just say get third place? Well, I would still say Tottenham or Chelsea. I mean, I think. Oh no, you know Arsenal. Honestly, I, I was going to say, I know. say you know, I know. those you know. top five. I would say Chelsea's the least confident. Yeah, I would say Arsenal and Tottenham. They I just know, sold the sure. team. They just yeah. sold the team, and like I don't even know. I would go with Tottenham, Arsenal. Um, yeah, I mean, Man U's probably the least confident out of uh, the top six right now. Yeah, I agree with that. With, with Chelsea as the fifth, and then Tottenham and Arsenal as the next ones. Uh, just because you know Arsenal's been playing phenomenally well, I mean they they obviously dropped the ball hard with getting these two losses uh, at the end of the season to miss yeah. out on Champions League, but they uh, they found their form. You know we said it all season uh, once they started their resurgence, uh, and I think I think they're gonna they're just gonna continue rolling into next season. Yeah, they definitely showed the last half of the year what they can be in the future, and. Again, it's just another another year under the belt for players like Smith Rowe and Saka, and um, you know a lot of the younger guys, um, Martinelli. You know, guys that are into the side for a couple of seasons now. They're getting more adjusted to the EPL game, uh, more development, more maturity. Arteta again, he's had a lot of backlash the last couple of seasons. Um, people calling for his head a couple of times, saying they want a new manager, yeah. but good for Arsenal, and they stuck with him, and. Yeah, I mean, like you said, two very untimely losses, just terrible timing, um, just to miss out on Champions League. But going forward, I mean, they'll be in Europa League. They've been in Europa League for a decade, it seems like. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see if they can wrap that up and get a get some silverware for them in that tournament. But yeah, I think they'll have a good side next year. I do. Yeah. And again, another transfer market. We've mentioned before how they have some gaps to fill on the side, you know, some more veteran players maybe to go alongside their youthful attack. Uh, but yeah, Arsenal, they're, they're going to be a good side. They're going to be one to watch out for next year. Tottenham with Conte, another season on the belt again, Kane getting a little bit older, but we've seen how a manager can really change a locker room firsthand with, um, what was his name? Uh, who's the guy that started there? Aware. Nuno. Aware. With Nuno, oh, oh, with Nuno. Nuno starting at uh, Tottenham this year, that being a disaster, and then Conte coming to the side. It took a little bit. It took a couple mm-hmm. weeks, but he you know, got Kane in motion. And Kane's second half of the year, if he would have played that way the first half of the year, he could have been player of the year because mm-hmm. he, he was yeah. lights out for Tottenham. Uh, he came up big when he had to. He showed captain material. We tripped him earlier in the year saying, get this guy off the field. I mean, I, I know I did. Yeah. Saying that he's a liability. But he proved me wrong at the end of the year and was obviously really beneficial and crucial to getting Tottenham into the Champions League. Huge success for them. Oh, yeah. Um, big money coming in as well. We know that Tottenham is one of those clubs that they're bigger. Yes, they're not in the same realm as the regular top five or top six. They're kind of on the outside looking in a lot of the time. Yeah. But for them to get money like they have, that's huge for the club. Um, I know they're always like penny pinchers when it comes to... <laughs> When it comes to transfers, yeah. They don't really make big, big signings. They they sell players for a lot of money, yeah. as we know in the past. But as far as making the big signings, they're always kind of watching it a little bit. Yeah. So with them getting Champions League fourth place, more money coming in, maybe they can see a bright future. Conte hopefully can talk to, to management and say, hey, like maybe make some moves here. We need this player, this player. 
So we'll see how it comes to how it comes out with them next year. Bottom of the table, though. Yes, we'll get to that. Definitely talk about the bottom of the table. Oh, uh, Norwich and Watford. Norwich and Watford. Uh, they were out of it for a few weeks now. Automatically, it was that last spot, 18th place, up for grabs, <laughs> which no one wanted to grab. Burnley ends up being the last team to be relegated this season. Mm-hmm. Um, firing Sean Dyche with maybe eight matches left. We kind of write off. We wrote off Burnley. We mm-hmm. said they're done. They're, they're selling off players uh, at the January transfer. We don't think they can come back from this. They made a late resurgence, little push at the end there. They actually had a pretty good streak of um, some positive results. They're up to at least 16th, I think, at one point. While they were going up, Everton was dropping down. Um, last couple of matches of the season, it came down to Everton, Leeds, and Burnley as three potential teams be going down. It ended up being Burnley. Um, yeah, Sad to see them go down. They had a good stint in the top flight for a little while. Yep. But nonetheless, it has all come to an end, uh, an end someday for Burnley. Yeah. I mean, obviously very tough. I mean, it's the worst thing as a club, getting relegated. Just, you know, like Joe said, teams have the contingent plan on what happens if they get relegated. Mm-hmm. Uh, just yeah. it's so it's such a hard hit, you know, financially, like you lose all your players. It's yeah. it's tough. Um, so obviously it's just part of the game. You know, it sucks for the teams that happens for. But, you know, good on uh, Leeds and Everton staying up. I mean, it was you know, disaster city for Everton. Um it was we talked about it last pod where yeah. uh Everton if they uh if they got the win uh that clinched it for them to stay in the EPL, you know, we were gonna see a field raid. Uh <laughs> we were wrong because the field raid didn't happen at the end of the game. Happened on a goal. Uh, yeah. On a goal uh, for anyone who didn't watch minute. the game, uh Everton so was it 85th? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Everton were uh were losing. Uh and they got uh, they were losing two nil, um, and then came back and you know got some got some goals and then last next thing you know uh, what's Pillars yeah Calvert Lewin um, goes and heads it in and uh, fans start raiding the field after the third goal which you know I've never seen before in my life because you know you haven't even won the game yet so imagine they end up losing that yeah, that's the thing, that's the thing. you don't the field like you, didn't, you haven't even won yet oh, like, so they're gonna go win and Everton, all the Everton players are obviously telling the fans like go back in the stadium like we don't want to like well, what the, if this game gets you know stopped or postponed because you guys do something stupid well I get the excitement but it added almost nine minutes of added time I think I know. The the match. yeah like if they just would have been chill and like celebrated in the stands the game could have finished the 92nd minute. It was like the 99th minute. Yeah. That this game finished. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, and they, you know, they got the win and, uh, they stayed up. It was, it was honestly one of the most dramatic games. Um, I've seen me and Joe were talking about how that's going to go down as a Premier League classic. Oh, for sure. Uh, you know, we're going to hear it for forever. Everton, you know, needing a win to stay up down against Crystal Palace and then coming back to win, you know, they scored, 54th, 75th, and 85th minute um, come back and win after being down uh, in the first half. Uh, yeah, it was huge. It's one of the atmospheres. I mean, just watching the game, the atmosphere was crazy. Fans were losing mm-hmm. it, and then it was party after the game, which on one level I find funny because you're partying so hard and so happy 
just for not like losing the season really <laughs> from getting relegated. I mean, like Everton have a lot of work to do. I mean, they got to yes. figure out yes. what they're going to do next season because if you're Everton, you don't want to be you celebrating be, that you, you didn't get relegated. Because they're going to be in the same position next year unless they figure it out. Because with the amount, I think I was wrong. I think they spent the fourth highest amount in the transfer yeah. market last summer, I think. Or it's something like that. Like they spent a lot of money bringing in players. You should, if you're Everton and you spend that much money on players to, you know, and building a new stadium because you want to compete for Champions League or whatever it is, you cannot be scrapping for relegation. No that way. You yeah. cannot, out of all, like, you know, and they're even saying, like, Everton, if they got relegated, that's probably the biggest club ever that has gotten relegated. If that would happen, especially where with mm-hmm. the amount of money yeah. I spent, like I yeah, said. in the modern era for sure, the modern Premier League era. So you got to figure out what you're going to do next year to be like, hey, how do we become competitive? Because <laughs> you can't go through this again next year. No, and yeah, the the celebration it was a little dramatic, but when you're that close to death <laughs> and you survive, and you survive, <laughs> that's something to celebrate. It, it is, yeah. I mean, I don't discount it, but it's just it's funny because you're celebrating they got 16th place in yeah. the EPL. And just like a little side note too, it was nice to see that Calvert-Lewin was the final goal scorer for yeah, them too to, to get that last goal. He had a really tough season, uh, injured most of the year. One of the only, not bright spots, but like one of the only players, him maybe in Richarlison, as like the two bright players for the future for Everton to hopefully stay there for a long period of time. He He's prided himself on being like Mr. Everton now. Mm-hmm. Like as a kid, he was there, some scrawny little guy making appearances like late for them, like coming alongside Lukaku and then like in the 80th minute as a substitute to now be like the guy to look for. Um, it was good to it was good to see him be the goal scorer. Yeah, to to clinch it for them. Um, but yeah, like you said, they're gonna have a tough time going forward. A lot of work to do to rebuild that club. Um, but the new clubs coming in actually from the from the championship division, we have Fulham, we have Bournemouth, and Huddersfield? Uh, I haven't actually... Huddersfield? Joe? Huddersfield? There's an I in chance. <laughs> yeah, Huddersfield. Huddersfield. Hey. <laughs> um, hopefully that's actually the, the ones that actually went through. Go up. Yeah, I, I think they might have been the team because they had to go to the playoff... Um, Edition. I didn't even realize how in championship they play 46 games. Yeah, they play a lot of matches. Yeah, there's 20, 24 They start the season like a month before um, the EPL. These are 46 games. Yeah. It's a lot. Why? It's eight more than. Eight more than. Eight why more than are there League. 24 teams in the championship? So that's what they do. They need uh, 24 teams in the championship division. Hmm. Keep it so that still is every keep, team. Uh, keep that mid table nice and thick. That still is, that still is every <laughs> yeah, team twice, though, right? <laughs> yeah, it's still every yeah. team twice, just more teams. So who's going down? Actually, I uh, got Barnsley, oh, Derby, Derby County. County. That's uh, it. Bottom. It doesn't. It doesn't actually. I wish I had little things here. Yeah. The uh, and uh, I'm assuming if it's bottom three, it's Peterborough. Yeah. Um, I saw I saw a little thing. It was um Sunderland. It's coming back up to the championship division. Sunderland won was it League One okay and so they're back up to the championship division now for next season so Sunderland making that long climb back up to <laughs> Very EPL long hopefully climb back. 
Um, yeah, uh, yeah, it was a great EPL season. That's just kind of wrap it up saying that one to go down in the books for many different storylines, many different reasons. We saw a lot of new faces. We saw a lot of new managers. Um, a lot of a lot of hope for the future. I think of the of the the league, and yeah. However you look at it, whatever you're whether you're a fan of Everton, you're celebrating. Whether you're a fan of Man City, you're celebrating. Tottenham, you're celebrating. Um, Liverpool have a chance to win Champions League. I mean, yeah. England English soccer. I mean, I don't have to keep saying it, but like English soccer is probably the best league in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, most competitive, most gets the most worldwide recognition, and it's for good reason. Yeah, like I said, like the countless storylines that take place, and you know, just like the 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 feel good moments that come out of England, it, you can't you can't beat it. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. And I this year actually, it was interesting. It was the first year ever where relegation, Europa League, Champions League, and the title, all four came down to the last day usually you have it where you know relegated relegation decided maybe champions league decided or europa or like usually one of those things is already decided mm-hmm. or multiple this is the first time ever where all four uh were going to be decided on the last day yeah um and even in this case with the the conference league too <laughs> conference where that could have swung either way yeah. so you had you know <laughs> everything was happening unless you were one of the if you were either between Southampton or Leicester, yeah. So the the group eight of teams, teams there, eight teams. Well, and Watford and Norwich. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. I mean, unfortunately for them. So, so just with those teams, any other scenario, you're you're looking at your team and seeing what's what's going on. It's a good point. Yeah. So it it makes it where you know final day is super exciting, uh, and it's it's why we watch watch the league. Yep. Yeah. I mean, even looking. Hopefully next year's just as competitive because like you look at even all the way down to like Villa, so like the top fourteen teams, like those are like really good teams. Yeah, you know, like you have the, your top six: West Ham, great. You know, Leicester maybe a bit off the pace, but then you got like Brighton, Newcastle, competitive. Crystal Palace has been like particularly good this year, and now we'll see. With Villa, what they can do next year. So, you know, good things to look forward to. Hopefully Villa sign. I mean, it's not going to happen. I think it's already busted, but Suarez going to Villa, that would be amazing. <laughs> that apparently almost happened in January. Yeah. Right. But, no, it's going to be great. Next season, Erling Haaland in the league as well. Okay, okay, okay. That will be good. Um, so, again, we have Champions League to look forward to this Saturday, the 28th of May. Again, maybe we'll do a podcast after that if we can get together, if we can find the time. Mm-hmm. If not, watch it yourself. It'll be a good one. Um, you guys know our stance on it. Maybe Liverpool to this side of the couch. <laughs> Real Madrid to this side of the couch. Um, but I think I mean I think I will say for all of us. Thank you, everyone who has yep. made this first season for Footy Fans mm-hmm. uh, yep. a special one. Is our first one having a podcast, putting it out on YouTube, putting it out on the audio platforms. Uh, we want to thank everyone for listening, everyone for watching this whole entire year. Uh, it's been a lot of fun for us. Yeah, it's been great. Yep. And I think we'll continue the same thing next year as well. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, everyone. Thank and, you. Uh, stay safe, and we will catch you later. Take care, everyone. Thank Cheers. you. Cheers. Cheers.